the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Amen. Perhaps it's going to be part A and part B. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it's been an amazing couple of weeks, hasn't it? Uh, with with all the testimonies we've shared and, and enjoyed and the uh, the message from Peter Foster on just allowing people who are different from us to get to know us. And in Mark's message last week, encouraging us to discover treasure that's uh, worth more than life itself. And we are working through the seven parables that Jesus taught the crowd regarding the kingdom of heaven. And we're slowly gaining a picture of what that looks like now and in the life to come. Some of the parables are for now, others are for the end of the age. But as I said in week one, the exciting thing is that Jesus is really sharing truths about himself and his character. And he's actually wanting us to you know, get to know his heart, the bringer of this kingdom. I loved what Mark said in that, uh, in that really, uh, through the written word, we get much more insight into the heart of Jesus now than those who were there on the day. With the value of hindsight and time and interpretation, we can discover treasure in ways that those on the beach that day uh, couldn't. They simply didn't appreciate who sat before them in that tiny boat. Still, I think it would have been pretty cool to be there. <laughs> so I've called this message today the crucial ingredient because that's what's needed in Matthew 13, 33. A while ago, my standard breakfast of six, yes, six wheat bakes had a bitter taste. The first day I persevered through it because I hate waste. The next day it was so foul it went straight down the waste sink and I was ready to contact sanitarium to see if they'd stored some chemical next to their wheat bix pallet. I went to work a bit hangry. <laughs> Imagining being the whistleblower leading to a massive food withdrawal. <laughs> the third day, you probably guessed it, I studied the sugar container, only to find that Jenny had filled it with salt. <laughs> what a difference when I added the correct white granules. My morning was complete. My performance lifted. And I kindly informed my darling wife uh, at lunchtime that she could, should remove the contents of the marked sugar if she valued our well-being. But <laughs> I, knew, I knew in my heart she hadn't done it on purpose. How cool was it? <laughs> How cool was it that Jesus used a tiny a tiny ingredient to share about a, a life, a lifestyle. Yeah, so everyday ingredient. And he, he used this 
everyday ingredient to describe an expanding kingdom momentum. He says in Matthew 13, 33, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven or yeast, which a woman took and hid in three pecks of flour until it was leavened. In the King James Version, we see a more complete understanding. It says that she hid it in three measures of meal till the whole, W-H-O-L-E, was leavened, the whole thing. I thought, how am I going to get a sermon out of one verse? Anyway, I, as I dug into this, I almost need to spread it over two sermons, as I said. What Jesus is saying is that despite the quantity of the yeast being minuscule in the beginning, that's not as crucial as its presence. He doesn't give a measurement of the yeast But the measurement of the flour or the meal is quite specific in all versions of this in each translation. He doesn't, you know, need to give this measure of thing because it's it's just the fact that it's there that counts. It's three pecks of three pecks or three measures in every version of meal. The result that the whole is leavened. That's what the result is. It's leavened. It's done. Boom. Because that's what yeast does. It leavens. With yeast, wholly leavened. Without yeast, unleavened. This is clearly an indication that for the kingdom to grow, there needs to be a vital ingredient and that for for it to change the world, a small quantity can invade the whole. If we get to know Jesus, then our faith is that first vital ingredient we can offer our corner of the world, our faith. We know this because in verse 31, two verses back, he presented another parable to them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in a field, and this is smaller Then all other seeds, but when it is full grown, it is larger than the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. So by doing a little bit of research, by referencing this parable of the mustard seed with Matthew 17 verse 20, we get the link between a mustard seed and faith. We realize this tiny vital ingredient is faith. These are twin parables. The tiny seed required for growth is faith, but hear me, the method or process of rapid expansion is leaven. What's leaven? Leaven is the tiny piece of bread kept over from the last baking, mixed or kneaded in with the new measure to make unleavened bread rise. This rise or fermentation process comes originally from a tiny speck of yeast. Somewhere it had to have a little bit of yeast. A bit like ginger beer, my mum used to keep a culture and then we'd make more and more and more. And you know it took almost 2,000 years from the day Jesus said this 
for a scientist called Louis Pasteur to really discover that what Jesus was speaking about. When he discovered that yeast was a living organism. Yeast is a living organism. The tiny seed of faith on its own isn't enough. It needs to be an active, living organism living inside us. Just heard about that. But wait. There's more. No. But wait. Isn't yeast a bad thing? Isn't beast, yeast, yeast the bad guy in the Bible? And it's often linked elsewhere with sin. Yes, it is. So why is Jesus now saying it's like his kingdom? Well, I believe he could be saying and likening yeast's effectiveness to the kingdom, not the yeast itself. It's the effectiveness of yeast that he's wanting to liken to his kingdom, not the yeast itself. See, the King James Version says it is like unto. It's not the real deal. Its effect is like unto releasing living, active seeds of faith. The effect of yeast is rapid multiplication. But that can be for good or bad. Evil can spread as quickly as the gospel seed. But it's faith that makes the gospel grow. It's faith that has the power to overcome all obstacles. Light defeats darkness every time a light bulb is turned on. Darkness simply has to flee. One little bulb, darkness has to flee the room. Light exposes dark motives and deeds, and simply just living in the light gives power to those with a seed of faith. You with me so far? In contrast, in contrast, the yeast of the Pharisees or the Sadducees first, we'll deal with them first, the, the yeast of the Sadducees produce rationalism. Rationalism is where you believe everything could be explained through the mind. These days we'd say everything can be explained through science. That's rationalism. That's, that's the yeast of the Sadducees. The yeast of the Pharisees produced Hypocrisy. That's where there was great pride in keeping precisely to the law while judging those who did not. And the last group, the yeast of the Herodians, produced materialism, where there is no desire to seek that pearl of great price, which Mark shared about last week, because they're just too comfortable. We're just too comfortable if we've got the yeast of the Herodians. So during his ministry, Jesus warned time and time again against anything that would rise up against the Spirit of God working through them, would rise up in opposition against the Spirit working. Calling it yeast, he called this opposition yeast. And you can look those up. I haven't got them written out, but they're in Mark 8 verse 15, talking about the Herodians, and Matthew 16 verse 6 and 11 about the Sadducees and the Pharisees. 
And this thought, this thought dates right back to the time of the deliverance of God's people from Egypt. We know they were in slavery there, 400 years, shocking conditions, beaten daily, almost starving. In preparation for leaving, the people were instructed to bake unleavened bread for their journey. And in fact, they even had to search their house thoroughly to eliminate any hint of yeast that might make it into their luggage or into their food. This was God's instruction. Why did God give that instruction? I believe it speaks of ridding our minds and our, of our old thoughts, our lives of our old habits, and our hearts of old affections before being delivered into the kingdom of his beloved son. I, you could sum that up by saying it's, it's repentance. It's basically repentance. Just confessing sin, ridding it from our minds, hearts, and lives. It's a, it's a sort of a picture language that Jesus is saying, you know, this yeast is, is going to inflate you, blow you up, puff you up, give you pride. It means being prepared to go wherever. This unleavened bread was portable. You could take it with you. You could move quickly from one place of service to another. And the feast of the unleavened bread is still celebrated by Jews around the world, beginning at the end of Passover once a year. Makes sense, doesn't it? Passover first, then a week of the unleavened bread celebration starts. That's what God had given them. I want to look at 1 Corinthians 5, verse 6 to 8, because this is a new kingdom. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump, just as you are in fact unleavened for Christ our Passover also has been sacrificed. Therefore, verse 8, Therefore let us celebrate the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Hallelujah. This new kingdom Jesus brought was one of sincerity and truth. In this kingdom, there was and is no place for the pride of achievement. This is a kingdom that doesn't tolerate pride or salvation by one's own efforts. That's got to go. We can and need to be real. He wants us to be real, authentic and laid bare like unleavened bread. It's kind of just plain, flat. It's not puffed up. It's not yeast. It hasn't got yeast in it. You see, the yeast produced an expiry date. It compromises durability. It, you know, goes, goes off real quick. And, and the yeast sort of says, look at me. It's use it or lose it. 
where unleavened bread is plain, simple, and portable. So why did Jesus choose this dodgy, kind of warned-about living organism into his list of kingdom likenesses? Or like unto's. Here's what I believe he's saying. Here's just my imagination of what Jesus is saying. I'm looking for those whose hearts are sincere, truthful and willing through prayer, worship and intimacy with the Father to be placed strategically into my world as my representatives, free from worldly desires and the love of money, but with the yeast of influence to be able to pack a punch of dramatic, exponential, faith-based growth for my name's sake. I want you to shine in your home. I want, to sh- I want you to shine in your workplace, your sports club, in politics, in places of education, in the arts and cultural arena and in financial places, being the best representative of me you can be. I want your humility, perseverance, and obedience to me to be revealed in a way that creates growth. As Mark said, to be an example of an upside-down kingdom, making waves in the marketplace and in your chosen field. Now, that's just my little sort of take on this reason Jesus uses the example of yeast. Exponential growth, making an impact with something very plain and ordinary. That's us. Recently, a guy from quite a large ministry rang me at a really tricky time. I politely said I couldn't actually talk right now, but that he could email me. I was on a job site with others, and I explained I do have more than one role. <laughs> he, wrote, he wrote later and apologised for that interruption, which he didn't need to. I get it all the time. And then he said <laughs> that he didn't realise I wasn't in full-time ministry. <laughs> I thought, hmm, aren't we all in full-time ministry? If we love Jesus, ministry means serving. And once we're saved, we switch to serving his kingdom through whatever we're doing. In our job, at home, with the kids. Perhaps our language as Christians needs to change. We're just about there, wrapping up. Wrapping up, Christ wants his church to be present in the moment and represent him in society. I haven't given a lot of examples today because this really deserves another time. But he will grow our seed of faith and give us a heart for those he wants us to reach. We have a unique role to play, using our natural and spiritual giftings in the world because we are all full-time missionaries when we work together. Good. The crucial ingredient, back to the crucial ingredient, however, is the living, active.
active power of his Holy Spirit living in each of us. Just flat, ordinary, unleavened breads. Like unto yeast to create momentum and change. We don't need that yeast. We need the Holy Spirit to grow his kingdom. Like social media, though power can be used for much good or much harm. So we need to be careful. We have this power available in Jesus for good or harm. I urge you therefore, brethren, that's Paul speak or Bible speak, for please, 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 church, use the gift of the Holy Spirit in you for good and not hypocritical self-gain, which leaves a sour taste like my salt and people's needs unmet. Let's not be salt in a container marked sugar. And as the bumper sticker says, and this might undo everything I've said, Jesus is coming, look busy. (laughs) So let's get out there, be with people, and create kingdom momentum. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this message, this word. It's just when we unpack and take off a few layers we just see your heart just wanting to have us repent and be plain and and, and clean and ready for service lord help us today to be prepared to have that stripping back that just that being laid bare being real and authentic before you god enough that we are to be filled with your spirit to be placed to be even willing to be placed and be out there and be with scary people and difficult people and different values. Lord, just so we can be light, we can be light in the darkness. Pray you'd push back the darkness in this town. We pray you'd push back the darkness as we walk down the street. God, help us in our our ministry to people, those who bring healing, those who educate, those who do administration. Lord, as we do all these things, we just pray you'd add that special, crucial ingredient in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hunt.